everyone. Welcome to Maranatha Mathletics, Maneuvering Mathland One Problem at a Time. My name is Candy Lee, and I will be your host for this episode. Today, we will be diving into the creation, history, and function of the Navier-Stokes equation. To help you better understand the Navier-Stokes equation, I will first be identifying important words and phrases that will come up when discussing this equation. This is important because it ensures that there will be a unified understanding of these terms. To Scholarpedia, the partial differential equation, or PDE, is a mathematical equation involving two or more independent variables an unknown function that serves as a dependent variable for the two independent variables, and a partial derivative for the unknown variable. According to the Oxford Dictionary, fluid is a substance with no fixed shape that is flexible and can easily be changed by external pressure. It is most common form is a liquid but it can also take form as a gas. According to Princeton, viscosity is the internal friction of a moving fluid. And according to Oxford Dictionary, the term turbulence means the violent or unsteady movement of air or water or some other form of fluid. Over time, as this equation flowed through history, its form was slightly adjusted a few times at the hands of mathematicians such as Claude Louis Navier in 1821 and Sir George Gabriel Stokes in the mid 19th century. When Leonhard Euler first devised this equation in the 18th century, this equation was only meant to describe the flow of incompressible and frictionless fluids. But in 1821, the French engineer Claude-Louis Navier introduced a new element into the Navier-Stokes equation to make it more realistic. He did this by adding viscosity. Although he did make the equation more realistic, the reality is that it also became more difficult because now there is a whole other element to consider. In the mid 19th century, this equation was once again improved. This time it was altered by a British physicist and mathematician named Sir George Gabriel Stokes. Before Stokes had laid his hands on the equation, it only worked for two dimensional flows. After considering turbulence as well as viscosity within fluids, the Navier-Stokes equation can now measure three-dimensional fluids. Now that we are all on the same page, let's move on to discussing the life of the founding father of the Navier-Stokes equation, Leonhard Euler. Who is this Leonhard Euler, you may wonder? And what is he to decide how we view and measure fluids? Well, born on April 15, 1707 in Basel, Switzerland, he was a revolutionary thinker who made contributions to geometry, 
calculus, mechanics, the number theory, the identity theorem, observational astronomy, technology, and he was one of the founders of pure mathematics. As it turns out, he's not some random guy after all. His credentials show that he knows what he's doing. Even on his last day on Earth, Euler was working on math. On September 18, 1783, Euler died from a brain hemorrhage in St. Petersburg. The irony is that the birth father of the equation of fluids took his last breath due to the wrongful flow of fluids, in this case blood, within his body. But even in death, his legacy flows on. His work was highlighted by the Mathematical Association of America, and he is honored by mathematicians all over the world. And even if you are not a math person yourself, every time you sip a soda, stir a coffee, or swim in the ocean, you knowing or unknowingly are living out a form of his Navier-Stokes equation. Now that you know a little more about the function and history of the Navier-Stokes equation, I will tell you a bit about the way the Navier-Stokes equation is used. A main function of the Navier-Stokes equation is that it is used to model different types of fluids. This especially came in handy in a study on shallow water done by Kanyazawa University. In the study, researchers were looking to better understand shallow water through modeling and ocean wave simulation. Had it not been for the Navier-Stokes equation, the study may have never been concluded, because it would have been too expensive to form the simulation without the equation. Thanks to this equation, researchers were able to discover that there is no such wave maker that could push water. This led researchers towards the direction of further refining their research and looking more deeply into boundary conditions. This finding may not seem like a lot, but in the world of research, very little detail is valuable because it may be just enough to lead to an exciting discovery, or at least it brings people closer to the answer they're searching for. So the next time you find yourself in close proximity with a body of liquid or near fluids. Remember that there's more than what meets the eye. There's a whole world of complicated equations behind it. I'm Candy Lee, and thank you for listening to Maranatha Mathletics.